Hello and welcome. My name is Christopher Chandler. And my name is Chris Shower. And, and we, we are, are Generally, generally American. American. In our podcast, we discuss events, culture, whatever else we want from a generally American perspective. From our differing viewpoints, our goal is that we can offer others and ourselves nuanced opinions on fascinating topics related to the U.S. We invite you to be part of the discussion, and we hope that you'll stick around to see where the conversation takes us. So let's dive in. We finally made it to spring somehow. <laughs> yeah, finally. Um, the weather. If, I get, if we get another April snow, I'm going to be very upset. Uh, we haven't got any snow. The weather here is is actually very nice, and I have to say I'm, I'm more of like a like a spring child. I guess if I can put it that way. Um, I don't like summer, so I, I I'm not looking forward to summer. Even though spring just started, I'm. I'm kind of sad because summer will be here before you know it. Oh, see, I'm a psychopath and I like it when it's uh, as hot as possible. I, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it, but I'll take what I can get for now. And honestly, I think I might go for a walk after this. Yeah, I went for a walk. I mean, when I see like the good weather, I'm really kind of forced to, you know, go outside and, you know, see the bees and smell the roses and all, all that fun jazz. So I, I really have to go and just, you know, benefit from like the sunshine and I hate it because I'm kind of a homebody, you know, but you know, I, I just, I have to get that vitamin D. Yep. I, I'm going to go out there and look like a weirdo. I got LASIK a few weeks ago. So for the next six or so months, every time I go outside, basically have to wear sunglasses yeah, and I hate sunlight normally. So I'm going to have my hood up. And then I'm going to have earphones under the hood. So I'm just going to look like a weirdo with a hood and sunglasses skulking through the neighborhood. For, for those who don't know, I guess you can say what LASIK is. Because I didn't know what it was before you told me. Oh, I can describe the whole procedure. Yeah, go for uh, it. It's honestly not that complicated on paper. There's three steps. They use a laser to slice a flap open on your eye. Mm -hmm. A doctor manually opens the flap. Then another laser comes in and... Uh, does the actual correction to your eyes. I guess there's a four step. The doctor closes the flap and then you're done. That's it. God. There's a recovery period and they give you some prescription drops, but that's that's the procedure. That sounds very painful. I'm not gonna lie. It wasn't super pleasant, but like my eyes are insured for up to two years. If like I need an adjustment or something, I can go back in and do it again. I would do it again. Wait, you can get I mean, insurance if, for that? Well, basically, the 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 thing I signed was like, oh, if there's a problem or something, like we didn't quite do it right, or your eyes change because you know your eyes change. Uh huh. In two within two years, we'll go back and adjust everything. Oh wow, I I didn't know so, that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. So, know I mean, it wasn't so bad. I mean, it wasn't pleasant, but it wasn't so bad. I wouldn't do it again to get my vision better. And so now you don't need glasses. They don't work. Throw them away. Oh, yeah, you kind of sold them though. I don't know why. Why you need to like? Honestly, I, and I feel bad about this. Uh -huh. I, I was planning on donating them. There is a service for that, but I just did not have time, and they were just sitting around, getting in the way, and it was like, yeah, I, I just got to get rid of them. <laughs> I'm sorry. <sighs> yeah, I feel I, I I know what you mean. I have like a whole bunch of stuff, and you know, like sometimes donating. You know, it costs more time and energy than actually just throwing it away, which is 
which is terrible. <laughs> right. the, and these weren't exactly pristine glasses. I've been wearing them for years. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Well, I guess uh, you'll have to, you know, look at like the birds and the bees with uh, your tinted, I guess with your hoodie all over your head so you don't get too much sunlight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, speaking of good news and positivity, we're feeling with the state of the world, we wanted that kind of a tone of an episode this week. Yeah. Because... Uh, the world continues to spiral out of control and into misery, but we're positive this week. So we want to talk about uh, American symbolism and Americana, things like that. Yeah. You know, baseball, apple pie, you know, all, Route 66, yep. Staples. Staples? <laughs> you mean the store? <laughs> well, that store's gone. Is it gone? I, I think so. Really? No, I'm thinking of Circuit City. Maybe oh. Staples is gone. Though. I was like, oh, there's a Staples here in Germany, so... <laughs> Oh, then they're still around. <laughs> I love the word Americana. Um, and a lot of people associate Americana with like music from like the 50s and 60s and whatnot. But uh, I double checked. So I'm not just talking out of my hat. Um, but like Americana also refers to, as you said, like symbolism in the US or just pretty much anything related to the US. So the United States. I, I think one of the definitions is specifically related to its history and founding, but honestly, it's a pretty broad definition. It I is. Feel like you could, you could, you could take liberties. And hey, guess what's a staple of uh, American culture? Liberty. So let's let's take it. <laughs> Invented. Yeah. <laughs> as, 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 Invented as, it. Established 1776. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, I guess. Like what comes to mind for me is America. I guess you said it's like apple pie. Um, definitely feels super American, but funny enough, it's it. I guess it really depends on, and I have to hand the the ball back to you. But I guess it really depends on what you define as American, because apple pie, although we all consider it to be super American, was a dish originally from England that was brought over to the U.S. in the eight in the seventeen hundreds. So it's right. So it's not native, quote unquote, uh, to, to to the United States. Well, again, as as a melting pot country, and we've talked about this before, we have the ability to take things we like from all around the world and uh, take the aspects we like, take what or leave what we don't like, and just have everything. So yeah, that's true. That's true. I do love apple pie. I'm, I must yeah. admit, baseball. Uh, not so much. Not my, my cup of tea. <laughs> I will tell you, though, it's not my favorite sport. Um, and I it's boring to watch on TV. The most American I've ever felt in my life. This was probably this might have been the year or two before COVID hit. Mm -hmm. um, here in Billings, we have a local baseball team called the Mustangs. Uh, you can look them up. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, I think it's called the Pioneer League. So there's like a handful of teams in the in the region, like Oregon, Utah, some in Montana, maybe one in Wyoming, you know, they all play each other. And I was at a baseball game there on like, it was probably on the 4th of July on our independence day. Oh yeah. And it was, it was play. And, uh, and I realized it was playing, they were like playing born in the USA on the speakers which that song's not really about most people think about. Yeah, that's but true. Still, but still feels super American. Like it was just like, wow, I'm overdosing on America right now. This is, this is amazing. That, 
we we got to talk about that second. We got to talk about that song for a couple for a couple of minutes because I love that song by Bruce Springsteen, "Born in the USA," and that was the campaign song for Ronald Reagan in the '80s, and he used that at his rally, and he was like, you know, "Born in the USA," you know, and that's the the the, ref, the refrain basically of the song, and so it, it you know you get super hyped and patriotic and and whatnot, and. Bruce Springsteen was like, you didn't, you didn't actually listen to the rest of the song. Do, do you know what the song is about? The rest of the song? Honestly, it's been a while since I've heard it. I can't remember the. Words. Yeah, so I'll I'll sum it up. Long story short, it's basically talking about the Vietnam War and veterans coming back and uh coming back and uh they don't know how to reintegrate into society. Uh, one of the veterans loses his job and stuff like that. But, you know, born in the USA, you know, that's at least something you can be happy about. And that, yeah. And so it was basically a criticism of the Vietnam War was is what the song is about. Um, Bruce Springsteen, by the way, was criticized for his criticism because uh, a lot of people felt like he was capitalizing on the Vietnam War to make like a, a good hit, like a poppy, a rock poppy song, so to speak. Uh but I mean, well, if you want to get a message out there, yeah. I mean, if you want to make like some like super technical music nerd song that five people are going to listen to, or do you want to, you know, have a a poppy anthem kind of song that everybody's going to listen to? Yeah, maybe two percent of them understand it, but still, it's a lot of people. I don't think, and I think most people couldn't tell you what the song was about because no one listens to it. It's just you know, born in the USA, so like that kind of song. Like it's super catchy, but if you read the lyrics, it's super depressing. Um, it's there are a lot of songs along that vein from that Vietnam era. Yeah, that people definitely consider like really American songs today. Yeah, but same kind of thing. All like anti-Vietnam, anti, um, anti, uh, you know, way people get treated. Yeah, like, like anti-war. Yeah, definitely. Like you know the Vietnam War. Um, but anyway, we don't want to go all the way down, down the war path, but I just wanted to give right, it. Right, because we're positive Yeah, today. I just wanted to give it a little bit, bit of tidbit. But definitely, like, music, you know, that, that definitely goes into, like, the, the Americana uh, boxes, like, rock. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if Americans invented rock. I think that maybe that might be a bit of a stretch, but it has definitely shaped, you know, the, the American culture, so... When I think well, of, the English get a lot of credit for that too. There's a lot of greats out of the UK. Yeah, but I think that's more like in like the 60s, though. I think like that's like the British invasion with like the Beatles and whatnot. Um, but a lot of people go back to like jazz, which is inherently American, um, as being like the foundation of rock music. But I'm not a rock historian, so anyone can feel free to correct me, but no one feels free to uh should feel free to like quote me. <laughs> but <laughs> uh but yeah uh, that's like the movie school of rock that's the education you need oh yeah yeah i had those in school too um you know the school of rock shows you know like when a bill becomes a bill no oh do you not know what i'm talking about or no wait sorry i was thinking of something else you know the movie the school. jack black movie yeah i was sorry i was thinking of something else yeah the jack black movie yeah i remember that that's a good movie though they actually did a reunion concert like 10 15 years after that movie mm. came out yeah i did they yeah oh wow. like all the all the same uh cast and players and mm. it was really cool uh but yeah good source if you want a little bit of rock history and also a wonderful movie about music 
Yeah, definitely. What's like the most American movie when it comes to, uh, that comes to your mind? Oh man, uh... I would have to say Fourth of July with Will Smith. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, Independence. Yeah, Independence Day. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the first one. Um, uh, I would say the Rocky hard. movies. Oh, Rocky Four. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't know what happens in each of them. Those were before my time. But like the... uh, in Rocky Four, he fights a Soviet, uh, like medically enhanced super person. Oh, he does. But I would definitely say those. That's basically the American version of propaganda. I, I know people don't like to say it like that because it sounds super negative. But if you look at like a lot of the Rocky movies, it's really about you know Sylvester Stallone fighting someone from like like our countries that we don't like, and it's you know the u.s you know we're the best <laughs> screw the rest <laughs> kind of mentality that's what it's about yeah i mean it's fun and it's okay to enjoy them but it's one of those things like you know keep that in mind yeah definitely uh same thing with a lot of uh post uh 9-11 war movies oh uh, yeah. they were definitely pushing certain messages and viewpoints you know you can still enjoy them as movies but you got you also got like that mind. yeah you also got that from a lot of country stuff i would say country music is super american um i feel like it is at least it, it is I, I wish it wasn't but it is and i'm not talking like about like the modern country music that's like, like all poppy you know auto-tune-y and stuff like that i'm talking about like country music from like the 50s to i want to say like johnny cash and yeah stuff. yeah definitely that's really johnny cash is super americana like yeah. um like I, when i think of johnny cash i think of like oh you know rural the south you know really down to earth like you know god fearing you know because you know he, the what's what's the song called rings of fire yep great song yeah uh also a boy named sue i believe that's by johnny cash uh mm-hmm. yeah like that when i think of johnny cash i definitely think of you know you know of the u.s of, of americana um so my exposure to a lot of that kind of music is is a little bit embarrassing what? so i'm a big fan of well not not the recent two but the the fallout series of games okay so specifically fallout 3 in new vegas mm-hmm. you're given a radio in that game you can listen to music and the the theming of the fallout series in a quick it's basically a criticism of post-nuclear um society and it's like a retro futuristic kind of thing basically in 2070 i think the difference in that universe is the i think it was some computer component that's used in like everything was never discovered so technology branched yeah differently like they were using like retro technology but they just pushed it farther and 2070 basically you know nuclear war happened everyone died so it's post-apocalyptic like you know hundreds or so years later so because of that time period all the music and culture is still very like 1950s 1960s so you get music you get to listen to from that era and in the specifically in the new vegas game you get a lot listen to a lot of older country Mm. and i really enjoy that music i i've probably put hundreds of hours into those games i always have that radio on never turns off (laughs) 
it's funny that you mentioned video games though because a lot of the a lot of video games had their um had their start in japan like with sega nintendo uh sony all of them but i really feel like they had their biggest success from the u.s so they had that's where they had their biggest base and then from the u.s they got pushed to like europe and south america and whatnot um maybe i'm a bit overreaching but i feel like when i think of uh like nintendo or like sony and i think of like a lot of these games i feel like those are like classic uh, um like i guess loaned from japan so to speak like super mario street fighter stuff like that I mean, because they originate in Japan, but they were so popular in the U.S. Was that when I think of them, I also think of the U.S. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and people have talked about this before with the um, popularity of Japanese culture beginning in the 80s and continuing through the 90s. uh, Like those games played that game, those games of media played a large part in raising a solid generation of people yeah definitely i certainly feel a part of yeah yeah that's exactly what i mean um i'm trying to think of like specific uh american video games but i'm I'm drawing a blank (laughs) uh i was gonna say like the tom clancy video games but i don't know if that's americana but definitely popular (laughs) well the fallout games oh yeah that's american yeah and like if you move over to europe there aren't like a lot of video games being produced here. So the majority of the video games that are actually produced for consoles are done either in Japan or in the U S because that's where, that's where most of the money is. I mean, sure. You got like uh, a video game here and there from like France or Germany, but like the bulk is, is all from the U S or from Japan. So, Oh, real quick. I'd like to draw a parallel. We are talking yeah. about, um, American music uh-huh. sounds super American. People are missing the point of people do the same thing with fallout because it was basically uh, the U S that had annexed Canada mm. versus communist China who had annexed a lot of the rest of the world. And a lot of people play those games like, yeah, the communists are bad. Like, yeah, but I feel like if that's all you're getting out of it, you're missing the point again. Everyone was the bad guy. Everyone launched nukes. Yeah, I, that's that's good that you bring up communism, because uh, that's definitely, I would say, uh, an integral part of the U.S. in like an antithetical sense to where we all as a society agree that it's bad, at least like within the context of like, like Americana, like in the U.S. Uh, I don't want to get to like a political discussion, but you know what I mean, where, you know, we're for democracy and liberty and, you know, other countries. Uh, are for like communism and we're against that so and that was definitely prevalent like uh throughout like the 80s up until the 80s and the 90s even though it's still kind of around but uh i've never played fallout <laughs> it's 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 good it's just good time yeah. uh the older ones are really hard because it was like a 90s computer game and it does not hold your hand oh wow i didn't know that uh yeah i've, I've played a few of those older 90s games and uh they uh they expect a certain type of person to be playing them. Oh, wow. So another thing that we have is like, is Route 66 uh, for like Americana, which is like a super famous stretch of highway. But I can't remember how long it is, though. 
I am actually looking it up right now because I don't <laughs> want to lie. But let's see. I'm looking it up. Okay, it doesn't go as far as I thought. So it begins in uh, north central Arizona. Mm -hmm. And it goes all the way uh, into Missouri. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like. Or no, no. It goes near Missouri. It goes into northeastern Oklahoma. I would say it's one of the most famous stretches of road or highway in the U.S. I think everyone knows it. Um, and well, and it was in the movie. You ever see the movie Cars? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it's a big deal in that movie. You know, you, you go through Radiator Springs. Oh, this used to be one of the jewels of Route 66. And now nobody comes through here anymore because one of the best things the U.S. ever did was in, um, you know, create a national state highway system called the interstate. And uh, it's great because it's a lot of straight you know very efficient roads and older state highways like route 66 um are very curvy and they and they're fun to drive it's just not very efficient so i think a lot of people will still drive route 66 just just to say they've done it i think but yeah and i've done it it's though. not what it was <laughs> i cars definitely cars so i think america is a, is a car loving culture um to the extreme um especially with, like with the muscle cars in the 70s and 80s that eventually just kind of died out and so now you have yeah. like pseudo muscle cars uh, and we could tie it back into what we talked about in the last episode with the dukes of hazard 1968 dodge charger yeah it's an amazing car i when i was a kid i really wanted to camaro that was like, I can't, don't ask me like what make and model or, you know, like what year, but I remember seeing like a Camaro or I think I was also like a Firebird and I was like, I want, I want a Camaro. Like that was my dream car. Uh, now, now I couldn't care less. I don't have a dream car. I, I'm not a car person, but I mean, yeah, my dream car is an easy to drive car that has uh, Bluetooth stuff. Yeah. Which is what I have right now. So I'm happy. Yeah. I have, I have Bluetooth in my car too. So I'm super happy about that. Couldn't, couldn't live without it. Oh God, no! I mean, I went from not having an aux cord to finding out there are Bluetooth cars. Yeah, same here. It was, it was I, I, I couldn't even imagine it. Like it's, it's, is such a game changer. Oh my God, yeah. I, I used to have like a cassette player in my car, and that was the bee's knees. Um, I don't know if people still say that, but I like it. Uh, but I mean, that having a cassette player in your car was, oh my God, you know. And now I have Bluetooth, so now I feel like I'm in, I'm in the modern era. But I don't know what the like the most American car would be. I guess maybe like the Model T. <laughs> but oh. <laughs> but that's like well, like, it depends how you're judging it. But that's pretty American. I would say that's that's the first American car is the Ford Model T. Uh, do you so uh, Henry Ford was uh, asked about the color options for the model t <laughs> do you do you remember you know the quote i do uh, then you can say the rest um <laughs> uh, our more or less our customers can get a model t ford in any color they'd like so long as that color is black yeah yeah so i love that <laughs> i love that quote because he he was the one of the the first people who mass produced cars he didn't invent the car but it was one of the most successful cars in the u.s at, at the beginning of the 1900s and yeah he was also one of the people responsible for creating the weekend which is also super american 
is the fact that you have two days off a week. And uh, he didn't do it out of the goodness of his heart. He did it because he thought if people had more time off, they would spend more money. <laughs> and he was oh, right. Oh yeah, he was right. Yeah, yeah. So he paid his workers a living wage and a, a decent wage, actually. Although some of the, the husband's wives complained that they were worked like dogs, but the money was good. Um, so they would have the weekend off and they would spend more money. So he would make more money. And the people, if the whole country, the whole society had the weekend off, well, they would buy cars. And so if they had cars, well, they would buy parts and then they would like, uh, you know, go out and whatnot. And don't quote me on this, but I believe like you would, you would, the Model T was kind of like Ikea in that you would buy the parts and then have them assembled and not have like the full product. Uh, I remember reading that somewhere, but yeah. That, that for me is like the most American car is the Model T. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know that about the weekend. So with that tied in there, that is, especially with the reasoning, no one, no one ever does things in America, usually for purely altruistic reasons. So. Oh, no, definitely, definitely not. Like the, like the, the 40 hour work week had its origin, I think in Europe, but it kind of was really established by Henry Ford in, uh, in the US. But yeah, I think like weekend culture, I'm not going to say that, that the U.S. has a monopoly on it, um, but that's all, monopoly. That's that's for me. That's Americana. I think that's like one of the most American uh, games. <laughs> it's super American. I hate it. It's oh, such an awful game. Really, I played that yesterday with my wife. It's uh, so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. I would, I would rather sit in a room for three hours sitting at a wall, and I can barely hold still than play Monopoly. It's such a bad game. What about Life? Have you played Life? I would rather play life. It's been a very long time. Yeah. Life's fine. No, nah, I, I like I like Monopoly uh, in in small doses. I don't. I wouldn't say I'm a super fan, but definitely. Uh, I'm I'm kind of at the stage where when I play board games, it's like, oh, we have to take an hour to set it up, then we can play. Yeah, that's why you buy a digital version. <laughs> well, the, the hour of setup also involves reading the rules. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty dangerous though, because Monopoly can get pretty heated. That's another part of the reason why I don't like it. Like, it's all up to chance, yeah. mostly up to chance. It's yeah. slow, and people get mad. Yeah, yeah. While we're on the topic of, like, toys and games, I would say Barbie. I would say Barbie yeah. is, is Americana, is pretty is pretty American. Um, I don't know. Did you have action figures when you, when you were a kid? Uh, not. I had a lot of cars. I had a lot of toy cars. It's not something I was super into, but I had... Um, I had a couple like things I could put my cars on. I remember there was like a loop-de-loop thing. Oh yeah. So for some reason I had a box of like, you know, like hot wheels. little cars and yeah, thing they weren't all hot wheels, but it was things like that. So I'd put them at the top of the ramp and be like, Will you make the loop? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Yes. Nope. Def, def. And then there was one. Uh, this was a this was a I, I'm sure you saw this growing up too. Yeah. They used to have all these crazy hot wheel commercials where it was like um it has like a motorized like launcher in it oh yeah yeah i remember that so the thing i had was like a volcano so you put the car in down the ramp it goes and then it hits like the spinning wheel thing that like launched it like goes mm. what like the idea is like it's going through an exploding volcano goes up in the air it comes back down hits the other side of the track <laughs> yeah yeah the marketing for that stuff was nuts yeah i loved hot wheels i was also pretty into like superheroes 
you know, the, the classic ones like uh, Spider-Man, Hulk, Batman, uh, The Flash, you know. And mm-hmm. you, ha- you had to make a distinction between uh, dolls and action figures, even though it was basically the same thing. Because <laughs> your sister had, had dolls, but you had action figures. But I mean, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it was the same thing, but you could never say it. Um, but yeah, definitely. There's a Netflix uh, series on this. I think it's called The Toys That Made Us. Have you seen that? I've heard of it. Yeah, you should watch it. It's super interesting. I've only watched a few episodes, but there was uh, there's this one episode about Star Wars, which is also super American. Um, definitely 70s cult. And the I can't remember the actor's name who, who played Luke, but he was interviewed for this episode. And he was like, yeah, I was in Star Wars. I was at the peak and I was at the peak of my popularity. And they were doing like book deals and, and action figures. And he got one of these action figures as like a pre-production. And he was shocked because the action figure was like super like muscular, like even more than the actual character. Um, like Luke wasn't that muscular in the movie. Like, I mean, he was, I would like normally built, like he wasn't like over the top. No, Mark Hamill's not a big guy. No, no, he really wasn't. But as like the seventies progressed, like, uh, and you get into like the eighties, the, uh, the figures that you have become more and more masculine until you get to the point with like He-Man, which is like the epitome of masculinity. You know, you have He-Man, so it's a, it's double masculine. And if you see the the series, it's, it's like my God, you know, it's it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger basically. <laughs> so yeah, that definitely like uh, toys, like those kind of toys. When I think of those, um, I, I definitely think of like the U.S. So that was weird for me growing up. So well, I'll try and get off off this quick and move on to the next thing mm-hmm. in time, but. I never really, uh, for the most part, I guess I had fun with the Hot Wheels when I was real young, but I never understood the toys a lot because I played video games my whole life. Like, this is just like a piece of plastic. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't get what I'm supposed to do with this. Well, why wouldn't I just like, if I do, if I play video games, something's actually happening. Yeah, I I really got into video games at a young age too. Game Boy, I mean... Who who doesn't who 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 in our age didn't have a Game Boy? I mean, right. And you got to pretend to be asleep when your uh, parents come to check on you. Yeah, and I would steal the batteries from like the remote controls. Oh, yep. <laughs> and my mom would always get mad because they were always empty, so she would turn on the TV and it wouldn't work because I would always steal steal the batteries from from the controllers. So, yeah, definitely. But you said the next thing. So, what for you is like super Americana or some? Uh, symbolic in the u.s so i think of uh and it's even in uh our uh national anthem uh fields of wheat amber amber waves oh wheat fields also cornfields i guess we have a lot of cornfields here if you get more into like the east yeah i would say i don't know or not into the east sorry into the west um I, I would say yeah, definitely. A lot of a lot of movies and songs um have their have that as their basis. Like what's the what's the movie? What's the book name? Uh, House on the Prairie, isn't that it? A uh, little House on the Prairie. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, definitely. Or Oregon Trail. 
you know that's classic yeah so yeah you're right definitely that these fields are uh, i guess romanticized i would say almost like the wild west kind of well and they're still so i don't know if you've ever heard of this but this is something we have around here Mm. there have been at least two different businesses so the local farms around here um they don't most of the farms around here don't make like corn for people it's like feed corn uh for for cattle yeah so what they will do and they do this every year and it brings in some revenue Mm -hmm. they do something called a corn maze oh yeah where instead of just growing it out as a uh a field of corn Mm -hmm. you make a maze of it and it's different they do like a different theme every year and you can buy like snacks and stuff and they have um our uh our local corn maze that we went to last year, they had they had pig races too. They had um, uh, just little like, you know, throw football through a hoop rings, uh, games, like a little hay bale maze that you can only solve by turning left. That's like the rule. It's like the puzzle. Just like lots of little fun um, stuff that these farms can throw together. Mm-hmm. And it's a blast. And it's always... And you can like, uh, I don't know if they still do this, but you can like go on Halloween night and do the maze. It's pitch black and they'll have people out there with chainsaws. No, no chain on them, but (laughs) a chainsaw making chainsaw noises. And it's like a whole thing. And like, that's like super, that's like super country American to me. Yeah. I used to love running through fields. Um, yeah, definitely. Especially for you, um, for you particularly, because you you're in that region where there are more fields. Um, now, I don't I don't want to speak for for like Montana in that region, but the further east you go, I mean, I would say the less fields you have because that's where most of like the food for the U.S. is produced is in like uh, is in the western part of the United States. Yep. They uh, they call it the breadbasket of the U.S. Yeah, so, like Idaho. I mean, that when I think of Idaho, I think of potatoes. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just where most of the food is produced. And California has oranges, but I don't know if I would say California is like a rural state. I, pro- probably not. But So as you drive through Montana, you will come across a lot of farmland, a lot of farmland, and you will come across a lot of ranches, like nonstop. Yeah, yeah. So you say ranches, and this ties in with fields, and I kind of alluded to it a couple minutes ago, is like cowboys, wild west definitely i would say it's romanticized definitely like symbolic in the u.s as if you think of like a cowboy you think of like someone who's like like a man's man you know like that's i wouldn't say maybe anymore but historically speaking you know it's like the yeah we have the mythology hard here yeah like in montana uh, southern montana southern montana and and you know wyoming is like not far from here uh, I've gone a lot, a lot of school trips to places around here, mm-hmm. places like, oh, this is where so-and-so used to live and where so-and-so was shot. And <laughs> like, um, I remember there was this one barbecue, place. I, I cannot for the life of me remember where it is, or I would go there. It's a ghost town in Wyoming. And there's like two or three habitable buildings still there. And one of them is like this barbecue place. And it was like amazing food. And they're like, oh yeah, if you look up there, there's a bullet hole up there for when so-and-so uh, got in a fight with so-and-so. And oh wow. It's 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 uh and there's lots of uh, 
I'm trying to remember where it is in southwestern Montana. I want to say near Anaconda. Mm. I might be wrong, but near Anaconda, Montana, I believe it should be southwest. There is a ghost town there, and it's actually a, I'm not going to say it's slightly preserved. There's like a little visitor station there. You can get a pamphlet, and they have someone manning it. And you could just walk through, and there's just this little town they built on a, on a river there, and everybody left. I don't know why. I don't know what they were there for, but one or two of the houses is intentionally very well preserved, and the rest they've kind of let fall apart. But you can walk through these places, and there's like a large hotel there. And you can just kind of like, it feels like this is where like the kind of people you'd see in like cowboy stories would be walking around. It's so cool. I love that stuff. Oh, wow. That sounds really cool, actually. Very. I love going through anything abandoned for the record. (laughs) Just like anything I can go through and just like kind of imagine like, what was this like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago? Why are people gone? Uh... It's just your imagination can run wild i i did that too i went i went through a couple abandoned buildings when i was a kid uh i went to one down by the railroad tracks and i was like oh this is so cool and then like a couple weeks later i found out it was a former drug lab (laughs) it got torn down but it was it had been abandoned for like for months i think for years maybe but it was i think going through abandoned buildings is i don't know if it's american but it's definitely something kids love doing uh Mm. But we're slowly nearing the end of episode. I don't know if there's one last point you want to get in before. We, I, we I mean, on. I wanted to hit the 80s. All right, hit them. <laughs> All right. So I, and this, maybe I'm wrong, but when I think of the 80s, I think this is the true beginning of American excess. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that excess came uh, 80s rock, hair metal, all that kind of crazy stuff. Um bands like oh man uh that's a song uh guns and roses acdc is australian but they were everywhere here yeah um, that's true metallica metallica well i guess they had hair but they weren't really a hair band no they, they were... had they had the hair they had the long hair <laughs> i would definitely i i would you know guns and roses uh what is his name brad michaels is probably one of the most well poison you know one of the most oh uh, brett michaels yeah, yeah Bre- sorry brett michaels isn't guns and roses guns and roses isn't hair metal poison thank you yeah <laughs> that's someone kill me um yeah like the epitome of hair metal i i remember it yeah and you're right i think like metal really got its uh its uh you know its heyday or had its heyday in 80 that's really where it kind of all started and I guess in the oh, classic sense, Judas Priest too. Yeah, Judas Priest to me, um, they didn't all have the hair, but they they have that like '80s aesthetic, mm-hmm. really perfect. And I think they sit really well between the style of music that is hair and like the actual metal style. I think they're like a really good in between. Yeah, definitely. I mean, granted, you, you definitely have like uh, Black Sabbath, and that's from England and from like the '60s. So I'm not. Oh my God, Ronnie James Dio. I can't believe I forgot the. Oh yeah, yeah. He died recently. Well, it's recently, like I think ten years ago. Uh, yeah, but oh man, the I think uh, I'm gonna look it up. But off the top of my head, I think Ronnie James Dio was four ten. Oh, that yeah, that's not really tall. No, uh, I'm checking it right now. All right, I might be wrong, 
but he is a small guy. That voice, okay, he was five four. He's not as short as I thought. That's still, still that's still pretty short his for voice a guy. Is insane. <laughs> yeah, eighties. Yeah, the eighties metal. Unfortunately, that was before our time. I would have liked to have uh, experienced that. But I like. I don't know, maybe it was different for you, but when I was growing up, like my parents were still really into that. So I just grew up listening to all that stuff. Oh, so did all I. The time. My, all my music is so mixed. I go between like pop, electro, uh, country, metal. Like my parents just listen to like the whole, the whole, the whole spectrum, the whole nine yards. So uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I love music. I think it's, I think it's uh, abundantly clear. <laughs> in this episode yes and uh there's and we were talking about this earlier with the with the messages in those vietnam era songs yeah um whether or not you have a message intentionally it's one of the best ways to get uh a message or a culture across just listen to somebody from a different place Mm -hmm. or a different time or even someplace just 300 miles away just singing about something and what makes them want to sing and what makes them passionate like it's you can unintentionally learn a lot from it yeah yeah i love you uh, music is the best way to connect people uh, i just wish music I, and food yeah that's true and food definitely food anywho so that's it from my side i super interesting uh talking about yeah so many different points and like we i think we could go on and on and on and on we, we could keep going but for the, <laughs> for the sake of brevity we should probably cut it here yeah but if you're interested in symbolism and americana you should definitely check it out um wherever you can find it so that's it from you my, have a lot to choose from yeah so that's it go from watch my, cars cars is easy everyone likes cars go yeah cars. that's true the first movie no not the other ones the other ones suck but yeah watch cars one <laughs> yeah i would say it's a good I would say Cars and uh, what's the other one? Herbie with Lindsay Lohan. I would say the also also the Fallout games. If you want to play a game instead, yeah. start with three or New Vegas. Those are the easiest ones. Yeah, definitely. the best ones. Definitely, and then let us know how how it was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you all uh, in the next one. We'll be back. Bye. Bye. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope that it was informative and that we were able to expand your worldview, even if only just a little. We always welcome feedback, comments, and constructive criticism. If you'd like to provide us with any, please reach out to us at our Discord or email address, both of which will be listed in the description. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.